All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman. And as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is awesome. A PlayStation podcast. This is episode 269. And this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS. This is awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81. And Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write our show at Gmail. And it's PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Leave comments. Rate our podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, we are a video podcast as well. So you can watch us. Do the show over on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to that. And for new and or long-time listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support our show for $1 a month at the $1 level called the Patreon. One and only $1 club. Head over to patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. And you can become a $1 patron and get a free die-cut vinyl sticker in the mail and a shout-out on our show. With that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing Today, um, I feel I feel pretty crappy today. I don't know if it's just the weather or or what, but I've got this sinus thing going on. Mm. So <clears throat> I apologize if I'm uh, if I sound kind of shitty on the show. But um, other than that, I guess I'm doing all right. I was outside. It's nice and sunny today. Unlike yesterday, it was a fucking insanity of weather. So I was outside kind of cleaning up the yard, have some down trees and missing some shingles and all kinds of crazy shit. So pretty gnarly, but at least I didn't lose any power like you guys did. Yeah, yeah. And and nobody died as far as I know. I know a lot of people, they had some crazy tornadoes in Mississippi, but uh, we are far from there. So if you are from that area... Um, Hope you're safe. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, we had a power outage. So we're recording this now on Sunday. You should record Saturday. I had sat down, Jake, to do the notes. And we were going to do a later show Saturday night. And I got about three bullet points into the show notes. And just it was pitch black down here in my studio. And I was like, ah, shit. you know. And the power had flickered before that. And it was really windy. High windy. High winds, sorry. And I didn't really think anything of it. And then uh, I looked outside and the street lights were out and just down my road, it was complete darkness. And we had band practice scheduled for this morning. And I looked at my phone and of course the Wi-Fi was out, but the cell tower shit went too. So like I couldn't connect to anything. So it was really interesting to be completely cut off from the world, so to speak, you know, to check on my parents, you know, I had to drive to their house to see if they were okay, you know, make sure they had everything they needed. And, uh, you know, that was just an interesting flat, you know, we had candles lit, Chelsea and I, and we were just kind of sitting on the couch, uh, you know, and it was just like, what do you do? Like, this is like archaic in a way, you know, you couldn't even, don't you guys have that, don't you guys have that gas <clears throat> fireplace? We do. It has an electric starter to it. And I, you know, I could have started it. But the problem is, well, the one requires a remote to start, right? So once it's on, how do you fucking stop the, like, I couldn't turn that one on. One, I think, because it's electric and like you tell it to start shooting the gas out, right? With the remote. So you can't turn that one on. And if I found a way to do it, I couldn't turn it off. And then we would just have gas fucking spewing into our house. So, 
Didn't fuck with that one. And then the other one, maybe we could have lit, but luckily the weather was, it wasn't really, really cold. You know, we're kind of at the end of winter. So it was like, I think it got down to like 60 degrees in the house, but that's fine if you just bundle up, you know, I, but mm. yeah, no, <clears throat> no electric. And then of course I had to go down to our, where I work outside of the podcast, I had to go check the office and make sure that it was powered up and it was not. So, you know, I was out running around doing errands and filling my tank with gas because my head to have had to have worked off site and uh, I didn't know where I was going to get reassigned. So I, I filled my tank up. I came back through town and all the stoplights were miraculously on today. Um, we got power, I don't know, around like four o'clock. So power was out for quite a while. Um, Longer and then the, the the local Tribune actually had a post. You know, we got we I did get my cell phone this morning. Intermittently, I had co- like cell phone coverage or service, um, probably around like ten a.m. And uh, it was funny when it kicked on because my phone was like bloop 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 all these fucking alerts and shit just started showing up. And I was like, man, they, something must have really bad happened. But a lot of people had power, but a lot of people didn't most of the city did not have power for a while and uh yeah it was just interesting so the power's back on him in town and uh here we are recording the podcast a little bit late two quick things before we get into games we're playing i wanted to make the listeners aware of my my interest in climbing backwards in television entertainment from the late 80s so there's a lot of gold um i stumbled onto i found a meme of this guy that was like in a roller derby and he was just like fucking skating around the derby you know and then just body checking people flattening people there's there's a shot where he jumps up and he like double drop kicks this dude with his with his fucking roller skates and he's going like at least 15 miles an hour and just the guy just drops and the announcer is going wild. He's like, oh, I can't believe it, you know, and he gets back up and he scurries and he just like nails someone in the back of the head and they go flying over the edge. And I'm like, what is this? When did this happen? What, where was I when this was going on? So in the moment, I was like, I can't believe that this was like, I knew that roller derbies existed. But I was like, there's no way this is actually real roller derby. Like, they they don't do this, right? I know it can get violent, but I got on YouTube and I fell down this this rabbit hole of roller, uh, rock, rock and roller games. And it was this thing in the late 80s. And they had these teams, like the Maniacs, the T-Birds, the Mad Men, the, uh, man, what was another one? But it was very much like the WWF or WWE, but it was roller derby. And you had all these characters, each person on the team, like Skinny Minnie. And like, you know, they had the female teams and the and the male teams all for their, the, like the T-Birds had their male, the group of guys that would do their, they would do quarters one and four and the females would do quarter two and three. And they would just score points by like, they had to race up the wall of death. They call it the wall of death. You have to get like, you know, three fucking skates above the top line. You get six points if you don't wipe out. And then like you hit a ramp. And if you, if you, if you ramp and land like 12 feet uh, out, then you score another six points. If you just land safely, it's two points. And then the jetters have helmets. And I'm like, this is such a fucking wild thing. Then the announcers are like going ballistic. And there's like story arcs and stuff like the WWE would have, but it's so much more entertaining than like wrestling. 
to me, and it's so awesome. And then it's packed. Every single film of it, like this, just packed with people going ballistic, rooting on you know their favorite teams, and like uh, you know they they have uh, the the bad what are they called the bad bad habits or the bad attitudes or something like that is is a team that. Their stick is they don't follow the rules. So when they're out skating, like they just break all the rules and they hurt people. And there was one I watched where this guy got like hit really hard. And he did. He gashed his head on like the fucking thing and he's bleeding. Like the, EM, the, the emergency team had to come out. And then they're interviewing him. He's in the stretcher and he's like, oh, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And he's yelling. And then they interview the guy who checked him. And he's like, hey, it wasn't a bad hit. It wasn't a bad hit. You put the skates on. This is what you sign up for. You know, and they're like getting all aggressive. It's like, Dude, this is fucking awesome. And the song is so cheesy. It's called Rock and Roller Games. I 100% um, would suggest this to any listener to look this. These They have like all these episodes. And they're you got to follow the storyline from episode one all the way to the end. And it's so fun to watch. And then because I watched that. I'm getting all these recommendations from YouTube, and one is like American Gladiators. I forgot how fucking insane that was. Do you remember American Gladiators growing up? Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, so awesome. good. And they had like these guys named like Laser and like, I don't know, like whatever, Havoc. And they, these huge rip dudes go up against like gym teachers. So they just fucking wreck them. And it's just like, this was entertainment in the 80s, dude. It was wild. You know, you have dudes that look like bodybuilders, like literally tackling guys with no with no safety equipment on, just smithereens, just straight up body checking them out of like the the playing field. They're trying to put these balls in these holes, um, these uh, small cones, and they're worth different points. And they're trying to like juke these like big bodybuilders, and they're just getting wrecked. And the announcer is like, "Oh, look, you got him!" And it's just like this is insane that this was like 1980s entertainment. And it's so much better than what we have now. So much better. That's all I'm going to say. So I am on a terrible rabbit hole of watching all this old fucking shit. And the announcers were always so good and so exuberant and just so into it. And the fans were just eating it up. Like you look in the audience and people are just going nuts over this stuff. It was just so loud and boisterous. What a cool time. I don't know. Totally into it. <laughs> Rock and Roller Games, though, was a new one for me. I had known about American Gladiators, but I, I'll leave it at that. And uh, I mean, you're welcome to comment on anything I just said. I think it's totally awesome. Um, but we can get on to games if you'd rather do that since you're not feeling great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff from back in the day that they tried that uh, because it's not in the internet age, it just kind of disappeared. And uh, it's cool that um, things like the internet coincidentally also let that kind of stuff live on in some capacity anyway. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, the World Association of Roller Derby or Roller roller something is, is who Rock and Roller Games was, was like their production company. It's just like the, the acronym was WAR, W-A-R, World Association of Roller something. And all of the episodes have been remade in HD. So, like, it, you know, it, it's amazing. And they were all uploaded within, like, the last two years. So I'm just – I'm all in on this. And they need to bring it back because I would love to see the likes of The Undertaker just skating around like a fucking, you know, I don't even know, like, roller dome or whatever. Like, it was just so wild. And they're all so good on their feet. They're all great skaters. And, like, 
you know, they all have their own little thing. Like Chris Sabo back in the day, he played for the Reds, I think. And uh, he had these big fucking goggles when he played baseball. And like that was his like his look. And there's this uh, roller derby person named Skinny Minnie. And she, she has those big goggles. She's real thin, but she's like a blocker. And she's like real fucking feisty and just beating the shit out of people. And it's just like, there's Skinny Minnie. And then they showed like her profile card. And the announcer was like, there she is without her goggles, John. <laughs> and like it was just the commentary so funny. And it's like, oh, it's so good. I love it. I eat that shit up. It's so good. Let's talk about games we're playing because you're not feeling great. And uh, I actually have played a few things. And uh, the first thing that I did, Jake, I beat Mass Effect 3 and I sent you a text and I have no fucking clue what happened. So I was playing this game, trying to beat it so that we can talk about it on our Mass Effect spoiler cast, but just for the listeners, I don't know if you've ever been to that point where like you're just like, I'm gonna gonna play this game. You're tired and you got your controller in your hand and you're like at these cutscenes and like there's dialogue options and shit. And like I catch myself kind of like going in and out and I'm like, I'm just gonna put the game in rest mode. Put the game in rest mode. The next day after work, I power it up and I have one option, one dialogue option. I pick it thinking that I'm going to get more story. And then like it's like I'm in the game and I can walk around and do stuff. And I just pulled out my gun and I tried to shoot like this entity. And it, game over. It, and that was my choice. And, and like Mass Effect 3, it ended. And I was like, what just fucking happened? And the, in the trailer I got, apparently the choice that I inadvertently made was in response to the shitty endings of Mass Effect 3 and they rolled it out with like an update or something. But the ending I got explained nothing and it was just like, what the fuck am I even watching? Which makes me think like when a director has a way to end a game and they get backlash so hard on it and then they change it, in the moment it might have seemed like the right thing to do to give players options but me, I have no clue what happened. Like I beat Mass Effect three, and I have no idea what how it ended. Like the, the 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 ending cinematic that I got was so quick, and it was just some narrate narrative. And I was like, I don't even know what I did. Like they were like, you have a choice to make, and I was like, what? And I'm like, this guy kind of looks like a bad guy. I'm gonna try to shoot him because that's what you do when you when you finally have control after tons of dialogue. You pull out your fucking gun and try to shoot things. And I was trying to shoot him, and I shot at him. It was it just fucked me. Literally, I literally know I don't know a single person that has ever done what you said. <laughs> what fall asleep so at it's, the end it's of a game? Literally, it's literally just you. Or the like, ending why that would I you, got. Why, the the kid the the not to spoil the 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 game, <laughs> but like the kid is literally there to give you the, your final choice, and you just fucking shoot him rather than choose one of the two options. Well, I didn't even get to choose anything, right? I just pulled out my gun and I shot at him. It didn't even hit him. And it was like, okay. And the kid was like, this is your choice or something like that. Okay, okay, your choice has been made then. And like it went to this fucking cutscene that was like smash cut in the future. And it didn't tell me anything about the Reapers. didn't tell me anything about what happened to all my squad. It didn't tell me fucking anything. And it was just like this future cut. And I was just like... And it was credits rolled. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? I, I just spent like 30 hours in this game to get this ending. And I had no clue what happened. Now, granted, I came into it after having been like falling asleep during the last dialogue options of the game. But I, I went into it 
And then it was like, you have a decision to make or something. And I was just like, okay, I guess I can move around. And like, there was this like pillar of light in front of me and I was going to walk towards it. And I was like, I'm just going to fucking shoot at this guy. <laughs> and then it was just like, all right, decision's been made. And I'm like, I don't fucking get it. Apparently, the issue with the Mass Effect 3 ending was that all the endings were essentially the same but different colors. I, I've done some research. And none of my ending did not look like any of the endings that were all different colors but the same ending. I got something completely different, and it ruined my Mass Effect 3 experience completely. And I had an option to restart the, the, the mission, but then it just was an attack on Cerebrus again. And I had to go back to the Cerebrus headquarters and do all that shit and then, you know, arm the whatever, the big gun that we've been working on. I, anyways, long story short, my Mass Effect 3 experience was completely fucked. Whether it's my fault or the fact that um, the game company decided to put in this ending because everyone was bitching. Um, I don't know. It didn't mean no service. Like, I, I have no clue what happened. I mean, I have a small clue what happened, but it still didn't give me any resolution over my, my crew. I have no, I know nobody's fate except possibly my own. And I'm not even sure at that. I think everybody's dead, maybe. I, I don't know. I think everybody maybe died. And I don't even know the decision that I made. I didn't even make a decision. I, didn't, I wasn't really given the opportunity, I feel like. I don't know, dude. I'm fucking whatever. We'll talk about it later. But it's really disappointing because uh, I didn't mind the game. The end was awesome. All the space age fucking earth battle shit was amazing. I was like, this is so rad. And then the very end, I don't even know what fucking happened. I have no clue. I fall into the pillar at the end, spoilers, fall into that fucking pillar and I wake up and the and the, the, the admiral's with me or something and then I'm walking and then all of a sudden there's a there's like some sort of boy talking to me and he tells me to make a decision and then it, I didn't make a decision. It was like, that's your decision. You didn't make one. And then it was just like smash cut to like a million years in the future and my story is being read to some, some person I have no connection with and it was like, that's the end of the game. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> it was like, boom, it was over. Ah, it was really fucking bizarre, man. And it didn't let me restart at the decision. It had made me go way back, so I'm not playing it again. Anyway, so I played that and beat hmm. that. I've jumped back into Moss Book 2, and uh, it's fantastic. I'm on the last episode, last chapter. It's so good. Um, again, this game is just fantastic. It's uh, it's really, really charming. Um, I love it. Got the VR headset back on for that and uh, enjoyed the hell out of it. And I'm about ready to finish that up. And uh, I surprisingly powered up the Diablo 4 beta and uh, played as the Necromancer. I had some issues with the, with the user interface or maybe more so about how it controls. And I, this game is clearly a PC game through and through but uh it also felt really really hack and slash dude i know that's what diablo is but to the point where like it wasn't even like fun to do it just felt like i was just like the graphics are amazing and i'm sure the the game the game shit's really cool too but maybe when you get into it a little deeper but my necromancer was way op overpowered as hell and uh, i had no issue just steamrolling through everything they threw at me so i don't know that's that. It looks cool. Hmm. My brother's got the Diablo 4 beta, and he's all about it. I heard the Druid is way underpowered in the beta. Yeah, so, I mean, I 
have been playing the beta as well, and I am playing as the druid, and that's what kind of surprised me because um, <laughs> it's... I don't want to say it's hard, but the... There are spikes in difficulty. Mm. Like like the like some of the boss battles are just impossible. What level like, like are there you? Are, uh sixteen or seventeen. I need to go further then. I'm only level eight or something, nine. Something something like that. I mean um I've been doing a lot of the side kind of content and dungeons and I did one of the side dungeons. And I did the whole thing, had no problem running through the whole dungeon, and at the end of the dungeon there's a boss, and just completely fucking demolished me. Huh. Like, to the point where I was just like, I'm not even going to try and fight this guy, because there's nothing I can do. Like, if I had someone with me, maybe, but thankfully I haven't had the same issue with, like, the story. The sto- It seems like the story missions are a little bit more well-balanced. Yeah. But um, I feel like I'm going to be honest with you. I think for a Diablo game right now, I don't think it's very good. And I think that has to do with the fact that they ba- they're they basically turning it into a, an MMO, essentially. Like, it's not a fucking, like, single-player with multiplayer capability Diablo game anymore. It's literally fucking destiny but diablo Mm. um it's all online there was like a pretty big waiting period to get even logged into it on friday um which is to me that's that's like unacceptable like i should be able to play if i buy a game i should be able to just play it i shouldn't have to fucking wait 40 minutes to get logged into a server now i understand that this is a this is a beta but this game is done. Like there, there's, they're just testing server loads and shit like that. Like this game is done. It's coming out in two months. So there's a lot of stuff about it that I think that I'm just like scratching my head. Like why the fuck did they make these decisions? Like they basically took everything, like everything that made um, Diablo three console friendly. They just completely removed from this game. Yeah. Like I I don't understand why they did that. Like the the user interface is is just like I'm not going to say it it's not exactly probably the PC interface cuz there's no like mouse cursor and shit like that. But like it just it just literally looks it just literally feels like a PC game that you're using a controller on. And um which is fine. I mean that's probably basically what it is. But one of the things that I I can't stand is they got rid of the fucking roll mechanic, which I used constantly playing Diablo. Is that like a dodge maneuver or something? So I'm assuming the reason they got rid of it is because they added like this cooldown dodge fucking thing. Yeah, like the slide thing. Which to me is – it's stupid. It's like – okay, so first of all, you're going to give me a dodge mechanic. That's fine. But have a five-second cooldown? That's fucking insane. Like, if you're in a boss battle, and it's like throwing all this crazy shit at you, and it's just you by yourself, there's nothing taking freaking aggro away from you, and you dodge once to avoid something, and then you have to just kind of run around super slow, 
waiting for your fucking dodge mechanic to kind of come back. I don't know. I I just feel like the balance of the game is all fucked up. I think it's insane that I played the game for an hour and I already found two legendary weapons. Like it like to me it's like what the hell does legendary even mean if I'm like finding this shit like five minutes into the game. Yeah, do you think that they did and that like, maybe just because it's a beta and they want you to experience a legendary weapon? No, they started doing this shit in Diablo three. Yeah, interesting. Where, but like at least in Diablo three, you didn't really like the after you beat the first act, you got a legendary by default, Laric's crown, which is fine. It just kind of gives you a little bit of a taste. But this game is, it seems like they're literally, they're just gearing the whole thing up to be just like a fucking MMO online, like content driven thing. And a guy I work with played it quite a bit last weekend because he pre ordered it. So he was in the early access or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he said like all of the optional dungeons are basically exactly the same. All of the, um, all of the, uh, there are like these seller things that you can find. They're all basically exactly the same. One of the hallmarks of Diablo games that they removed for this, there's like procedural maps. They're, the maps are not procedural anymore. From what I understand, they're static. Um, the other thing that kind of bug, bugs me about it is it like, it's like this big fucking open world, which I get they're trying to make it this shared persistent world as opposed to like these segmented maps like the previous games mm-hmm. were. But it's like I'm, I'll be fucking running around for like a couple of minutes sometimes and not running into any bad guys. It's just like vast emptiness and then I'll run across like a couple of mobs of bad guys or whatever and it's like this is not – let me ask this is you. not Diablo. Yeah. Like, I don't really understand what the hell they're going for here. Yeah. And I like the idea of the Druid class, but, like, I don't know. It's like they it's like they tried to blend what they did with Diablo 3 with what they did with Diablo 2, and then they just, like, took that blend and just puked it into a fucking shared world. And so now there's like, like the map screen is fucking, it's fine. But then like the objectives are like all these objectives that are like, what, what am I looking at? I don't even like half of them. Most of them say they're locked. Half of them say like, it's like, why is it even in the fucking list if it's all locked and I can't access it and I can't do anything? Is it locked because of the beta? Well, some of them are. They have like Act 2 and Act 3 in there. But it's like, why the fuck are Act 2 and Act 3 objectives in my mission? It's like, I haven't even got through Act 1 yet. Like, I don't understand why this shit is even in, like, am I, when the game comes out, am I going to be able to do fucking Act 3 before I even do Act 1? Right. Because this is a shared world and everybody can do all the missions together. Like, to me, it breaks the fucking game. And I'm hoping... That Blizzard will do like they did with Diablo three, and it'll come out and be kind of, kind of sketchy at launch. But then they'll they'll balance everything and they'll work it all out, and it'll end up being a great game. I'm really, really rooting for that. Mm-hmm. But um, and, and I'm don't get me wrong, the moment to moment gameplay to me is still enjoyable. Um, but I feel like, like you said, it seems like they took a lot of the. It's like they sterilized it. 
I, I don't know how to, when you look at the items and stuff, it's like none of this shit means anything to me. Like, like before, I feel like Diablo 3 was a little bit too insane. Like, it was almost impossible to, like, understand really what all the stats were doing and what was better and what was worse. But at least they gave you indicators on the screen where it was like, if you get this, you'll have, you know, this weapon gives you better attack. But it gives you worse defense and but it might give you better life per hit or something mm-hmm. like that. Whereas this, it's just like attack power and it's just a number or whatever. It's it's like Diablo 3, but simpler. But the thing that I liked uh, the another thing that was like a was like a great quality of life feature that they had in Diablo 3 that they just removed for Diablo 4 for some reason is when you pick up an item. In Diablo 3, there's a little pop-up on the screen that shows the item and will just give you a visual indicator if that item is better or worse than what you have equipped. Whereas now, it's like... You have to go to the menu to figure it out. You have to go to the menu and, and go through all of it. And I I don't know, man. There's just... I wonder if those are quality of life things they're going to implement after the game's release. But like, it doesn't make sense to have done it on the previous version and then not include them at the at launch for the new version if well, they were. That's good. my biggest. That's my biggest beef with it. I mean, aside from like the way that the game looks and feels and everything is different, mm-hmm. but it's like Diablo three from Diablo two was a big departure as well. And that's like shit I can kind of get used to, but like. And there are some cool things about it. Like, I think that the verticality is neat in this game, how you can, like, scale walls in certain areas mm-hmm. and, and jump gaps and stuff is kind of cool. But, like, and I think when you get to a certain point, you can get a mount and, like, ride a horse around yeah, I read and stuff, that. which yeah. is kind of neat. Um, but, like, yeah, like you said, this is this is one of those things that, that I don't understand. Like, why would you take all of these features that were, in my opinion, harmless quality of life improvements from Diablo 3 – that are like, I I prefer Diablo two over Diablo three, but there was a lot of stuff that Diablo three implemented that I thought was awesome. That was a great improvement over Diablo two. Yeah. I just didn't like how complicated they made everything as far as the stats go, and then you know the the art style wasn't as good. But then they go to Diablo four, and they remove all of the shit that I care about that they added for Diablo three. And then they remove, and then they just completely change. I don't know. I, I, I'm not doing a really good job of explaining myself, but it's like Jake doesn't like a, change. It's, no, I'm just. Kidding. It's just a. It, well, no, it's it's. <clears throat> I was. I think part of it is that I was a hundred percent ready to log into this game and just, at worst, be like happy about it. Like more at Diablo best, three, be, at least. Yeah. Right. But at best, be, like, super fucking stoked for it to come out. Yeah. And now I'm just kind of, like, meh about it. And that's really unfortunate because I'm a huge Diablo fan. Yeah, I know. You're the and, guy. Yeah, between the two of us, you're the dude. And I just feel, like you said, it it does have this weird little feeling where it feels more hack and slashy than the other one. Dude, all I did was and, mash buttons the entire time I played it. I just fucking and, and mashed I get that buttons. That's, that is part of it, but, like, I think a lot of that is just balancing. Like, I, as the druid, you know, 
you have to level up while to unlock more skills. Right. That's always been a, a component. Like even in Diablo three, you had to get like you have your basic attack button, which is on the X or the cross button, and then after you get so far, you unlock an attack that's on the triangle button, and then you go farther and you unlock attack that's on the the circle and the square and the and R one and and uh, R two. And L2, and it's like, okay, now I have this gambit of abilities once I level up so far that I can use, that I can kind of combine together. And while things are cooling down, I can use other things and and stuff like that. And I don't expect to get all that shit unlocked in this beta, but it seems like the abilities that I have, and it could just be because I'm the druid and the druid is, is underpowered, I guess, but like... The first ability that I got that I was stoked about was this werewolf ability where you can like transform into a werewolf and like slash the enemy. And if you hit him three times, the damage goes up each it time stacks, you hit him. Yeah. But it's like it uses my whole fucking like spirit gauge. So then I have to wait until I like do basic attacks for another couple of minutes. And then I can use and – and I know that we're early and I'm being nitpicky, but – the one thing that I will say that I think is really cool is that they do – it does seem like they've got some – I don't know. The other thing too is that like maybe the druid just isn't the right the right class for me. I just wanted to try something unique and not like – because I was – my instinct was to go for the sorcerer or the sorceress because they're like – one of the most fun classes because yeah. they just deal shitloads of damage, even though they're super weak. They're super weak <clears> physically, <throat> but it's like I was looking at the skills for the wizard, the the wizard or the sorceress or whatever, and they were just all just the same stuff. Like, oh, you know, you go do shoot fucking ice or you shoot fucking fire or you shoot fucking lightning, and it's just like okay. And then I looked at the necromancer because I thought the necromancer is cool. But then it was like, okay, you can raise zombies and shit, which I was like, okay, that's pretty neat. But I didn't see anywhere where there is – could you tell – is there do, – does the does the necromancer have corpse explosion? Yes. Okay, thank fucking god because it wasn't in the list that I was looking at and I was like, they might as well not even have it if it doesn't have cor- corpse explosion because that's like a hallmark of that class. Yeah, it has it. And I, the, thing, the thing about the necromancer is like – I'll tell you one thing that I got lost in the weeds is uh, you start with the raised dead skill. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. So I'm like running around. I've got like four fucking skeletons like just following me, like spirit skeletons that are just fucking going to town on the enemies. Like I don't even have to get involved. And their power isn't going down and they're not disappearing after a certain amount of time. They just stayed with me the whole fucking time. They just stayed with me. And I'm like, this is so easy. And then I got another skill. And it was like, click here to assign the skill. And I and I was like, well, I want that to be X. So then I put it over there and I put it under X. And then for the rest of my playthrough, no matter how hard I looked, I could not find the raised dead skill again. I couldn't find it to reassign it to like square or whatever. And I did have two open spots. So I had a blank spot. That I knew I could assign raised dead to, and I'm like, is this a glitch? And then for a, I know, uh, it's, and I know it's a beta, but for a long time too, the weapon I was carrying was invisible. Like I, he was just walking like this with a with a Sith in his hand, and you couldn't see it. And then it glitched out, and the and the and the skeletons were like 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 they were in a horror movie where it was like looked like stop motion where they were just like like following me, and I'm like, that's actually kind of creepy looking. I know it's not supposed to go, but so I played it. 
I got these new skills and I was like, dude, I played it. I'm like level eight or nine. I have not died once and mm. I've never been uh, nervous about dying playing as, as a necromancer. Either I'm like the best Diablo player on the planet or it's just like not leveled mm. right. Like uh, balanced. I think that they I think they have a balancing issue and like I think your problem is and I don't they don't explain this very well in the game is that the so you know how there's those in the skill tree there's those nodes with all the skills mm-hmm. around them and then you move to the next node or whatever yeah. so I believe that all of the skills in that node of all of those skills in a single node that are wrapping around it you can only have one of those equipped at a time so if you if you if you right. uh, if you unlock two skills under the same node and you try and you equip one it unequips the other one yeah see i don't know so, what happened i did eventually find the raised dead thing um and, and i think that the dude i'm with you because the ui for like how you assign skills it's so fucking stuff, jank it's, it's fucking it's, broken it looks and, terrible like i hate I, to come and i think yeah. i'm sorry i was gonna say you were talking about the the skeletons moving all jittery yeah. i think this is honestly this is a problem with this being an online game. Yeah. Everybody it because if cuz uh dude, like the enemies, when I'd be running around, they'd be like kind of stuttery like whenever like their animations would be all weird mm-hmm. and like if you if you uh like I I got really close to my TV for some reason while I was while the game was like just idling, I was just like standing in town or whatever, mm-hmm. and you can see like the resolution of the other characters running through the world is yeah. like while they're moving, it like derezzes them as they're moving around and makes their motion slower. Yeah. So it's it is a beta still. Am, so like we're kind of being harsh, but I mean it's got to be pretty close to what they intend on releasing. I'd imagine you know hopefully they get some good yeah. feedback. I don't know like. I think the shared open world thing could be a good thing or a bad thing. I think from your perspective, it's clearly a bad thing. Now, on the other hand, my brother who loves games like Genshin Impact and fucking uh, whatever that other online game is that he played, League of Legends, he was into that for a long time on PC. He loves that shit. He eats it up. He got the beta and he wasn't planning on getting Diablo 4. And he's like, oh, he goes, I think I'm going to pick this up. This is this is right up my alley. He goes, this is awesome. Don't – I mean don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm still – I am still considering buying it because I am having fun playing it. But there's just so many aspects of it. Like I just – I don't like that, that division style, destiny style yeah. fucking – Hub map world system like, where yeah. it's like everything is shared, so they have to have everything on the map all the time. Yeah. So like, like I like that in in Diablo, I have to do this story mission to go to the next story mission to go to the next story mission, and those missions aren't anywhere. To, I don't even know what they are until I beat the mission before it. Right. Whereas like in this game. Within the act, yeah, I'm, like, going from mission to mission, and it's pretty safe. But why the fuck am I able to see, like, Act 2 on there? It's confusing. It's just confusing. And then there's, like, I don't – like, I got this thing where it's, like, 
like some new feature about that I can like for my druid I can like attach these things to him and it unlocked a new like when you're in in your inventory there's two screens at the beginning it's like inventory yeah. and abilities yeah. where you eventually you unlock when I think it's when you hit level 15 you unlock a third window and it's like the ability to add like like passive something to you or something like that now is the this, is the book of dead is is that just the necromancer the dead book what or whatever mean? There's like this tab that I have that says something like the book of is it the book of dead names or like the book of dead and like I don't know it was like, I don't know I don't and it had like these it. little slots and it was like oh if you do this then the enemies you the the dead that you raise do this and then it's like if you do this then they you know it costs less whatever you can raise additional ones and then it was like oh you can change the kind of enemies you you raise from the dead if you get the slot and put it here but you can't do it to your level is does every character have a similar thing. It's like a I don't whole, have anything like that. That's fucking weird, man. I don't even know. Maybe I'm talking on did my you ass. Have that, did you have that from the very beginning? I, I couldn't tell you because it's so fucking hard to understand the menu screens. Like, I think I did. <laughs> like, I think it was there, but I didn't know it was there, and I found it about halfway through my play so far. And I'm just like, it's fucking wild. I, I don't I know. Think, I'm not a I, Diablo dude. Diablo 3 was my jam. Or Diablo 2 was my jam growing up on PC, and I fucking loved it. And I loved, like, duping coins and all that shit. It was fun. And uh, I don't know, man. I tried Diablo 3 a little bit, and it was such a departure from 2. Like, I was into the cutscenes. I was into, the, like, the, the grimdark, you know, fucking demons and fucking knights and the gore and the blood. and like the. But, like, I think Diablo 3 was a little more fantastical as far as the visual presentation, that I think Diablo Four strikes me a little better visually. Um, oh, definitely. But I'm it's, not. It's, it's a little bit more gothic and a little bit less cartoony. Like Diablo Three was a little bit cartoony. It was like a little too, yeah. Other than the, the cutscene, I think and I will say the art direction. I will say is awesome in Four. The art direction is better in Four, but to be clear, like the cutscenes that they show you in the beta in Four, they're still fucking awesome. Like they still do just an awesome job with the cutscenes, but there's something <laughs> yeah. about the story so far where I'm just like, this almost feels like somebody other than Blizzard is making a Diablo game. Mm-hmm. Like the the writing of it and stuff. Like, like who the fuck this Lilith character is? It's like a fe- like, a female hell, like a female like the the daughter I, of I get Satan. The, I get the. I get the impression that she's like Diablo's daughter. Right, that's kind of what I'm getting to. And and so like which is fine. That's kind of a cool idea. And that opening cinematic is like super gory and fucking wild, which is kind of awesome. Where like how she gets um summoned or whatever. But like uh I don't I don't know. There's just so many hallmarks of like a Diablo story that are missing and just Dude, that I don't know what your opinion is, but the mini map is fucking useless. Yeah, the mini map's terrible. Like, I'll, I'll say this, and this is a spoiler, but it's just the beta. I will say the story part that was really cool is they got like they get you drunk and then they they try to kill you and you find out like they're all fucking possessed. That was cool as shit. Um, I do like I do I do I'm not saying I don't like the story so yeah. far. It's just to me they could have they I guess what I'm getting at is they could have called this something other than Diablo 
and it would I I would have never known that this was a Diablo game based on the story so far. As long as they didn't use like the Diablo terms for everything. Like obviously if they talk about sanctuary and the Lord of Hatred and the prime evils and all this crap, like I'm gonna know it's a Diablo game. But like if they had gotten rid of all of the the nomenclature and just called it something else, I would never know that it's a Diablo game. I, I don't know. I I feel like I'm being a little bit too hard on it. Well, I mean, it is, it's, it is still fun. It's your wheelhouse. Is this is your fun, game, right? dude. Yeah. Like, I, but I, I don't know. I think, honestly, I'll be honest with you, Fred. If they balance the game <laughs> and they fix the fucking UI, I'm all in, right? Yeah. That's all they got to do. Balance the game, fix the fucking console UI because it's Bring terrible. back some quality of life improvements from Diablo 3. I can even get used to that. I I don't I don't like that they they like nerfed health potions in this Make game. Make the UI like better, maybe something. Make it more navigable. I I don't know. I like they <laughs> dude, they it's so weird. They like combined the the health potions from 3 and 2 to make this. So it's like in 3 you didn't have health potions. You just had you, you you had infinite. It was just a timeout, and it would instantly refill your health mm-hmm. a certain amount. In two, you had a delayed uh, refill, but you had to stock all of your health potions. So you had to keep them on hand. Right. If you ran out, you were put them out. on a quick slot. Right. Yeah. In this game, you only have four that we know of, and yeah. and but you can't pick up any more, and. It's a slow feedback for as far as your health getting refilled, but then the way that you refill your health potions is you have to pick up these health globes. You just walk over them. They, yeah, where in Diablo 3, when you ran over the health globe, it just added to your health automatically. Like, you didn't have to use an ability. And there's something. no mana globe. No, and there never, I don't think there was in Diablo 3 There either. wasn't too. But I will say, I will say... <clears throat> Just to leave this on a positive note. Yeah, and then we'll get on with the rest of the show, yeah. Dude, the fucking shrines in this game are awesome. They are so cool compared to the other games. Yeah? Like, um, like if you remember in Diablo 2, you would have, like, the experience shrine or, like, the mana shrine. And it would, like, put a little icon over your head for a little bit mm-hmm. and you'd have, like, bonus experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. In this game, they have these offensive shrines. Like, one of them is the artillery shrine. And whenever you attack... Just like huge amounts of fucking spears go launching out of you. Oh, that's cool. And just demolish the enemies for a short period of time while you're attacking. And then there's one that's like the greed shrine where like when you're attacking enemies, gold is just shooting out of them. And like there's another one that's like I think it's like the storm shrine or something where just lightning is just fucking shooting. I haven't all found around. any it's of those like, yet. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, so I will admit that there is a lot about the game that I do really like. But I uh, I think it's just like the user experience just needs tightened up. Yeah. And if they can do that and they can make it so that I don't have to fucking um, – I'm not going to have like I, – I, I can't even really complain about the online aspect because every fucking game is going this way. Mm. But to me, it's just a disappointment. Like I wish there was a version of this game that I could play offline, but – even Diablo 3, I think you have to have the internet to play. So even though it's more of a single-player kind of experience – or it's more single-player friendly, I should say. Yeah, so. got it. But that's what I'll say about Diablo 4. I'm still enjoying it. But just real quick before we move on, the other games that I'm playing, obviously I'm still playing Hogwarts. Um, 
And uh, I'm like three quarters of the way through the game based on, I think, kind of the things that I'm doing. And then um, I've been playing more. I played more GT7 this week uh, and I switched to manual transmission. And um, it's cool. It's fun playing a manual transmission. I, I, I It was pretty, pretty easy for me to pick up just because I yeah. just ride motorcycles my whole life. I kind of get the theory behind it. It's just mastering the uh, the um, square and X. Yeah. Using the controller to do it. Uh, but it um, it's cool. Like, I like being able to there are there are moments where it definitely fucking hurts me to be in manual mode because I end up like driving off the track or some shit like that. Right. Um, the one thing that I did want to and maybe a uh, our resident GT guy played by Ken or, or I think even One Black Talon maybe plays Gran Turismo. I don't remember. I know but, played by um, Ken does, but One Black Talon yeah. I think has it as well. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they can uh, shed some light on this. Is there any fucking way? to be able to tell the weather of a race before you start it. Oh, that's a good question. Because because I'm getting into this situation now where the races are getting longer. Like a race might be 20 minutes now. And I'm like in like the little preview screen where it's like the camera's floating around the track and you're like going through the menus to like set up your car or whatever before the race starts. And it'll be like sunny as fuck outside. So, of course, it's sunny as fuck outside. I'm going to put the racing slicks on my car because they get the best fucking traction and I can corner way better. And then I get halfway through the race and it's pouring down rain and I'm just flying off the track because I have no traction. Got to hit that pit slicks. stop, dude. So, um, wait, you can pit stop? You can do a pit crew, yeah, for sure. Oh, I didn't even know this. I don't know how you set up the pit crew to do the right fucking – Tires. I, I don't know if that's a preset or something, but you can. I definitely pit stopped on accident once. I went into like a pit. So, so uh, yeah. I mean, I know you I can. You I can pit it. in. I'm. I'm assuming you can pit in because you could. There is the pit lane whenever you're coming across the start finish straight. You just drive in. But uh, if you, I should try that sometime. If I could drive in there and have them fucking Switch change out, out my tires. Of course, of course, I'll probably just end up in last place if I do that. But because <laughs> um, nobody else will be pitting. Uh, it just sucks because when I don't know, yeah. it just sucks to be 15 minutes into a 20 minute race and then like and then like end up losing because it starts pouring down rain and I can't drive with slicks on. Yeah. So, um, all right. But the one thing that I did want to just say real quick before we move on because we've been talking about GT7 a lot lately is is just uh, I tried the thing that played by Ken suggested. So we'll go to listener feedback, um, right? We'll call the listener feedback. Is that good? Yeah, yeah, and and he had suggested a couple weeks ago that he had he had put on some replays and shared them online so that we could view them. And he wanted us to try to view them in VR to see if we could do like a full on cockpit view while yeah. he was doing this, doing these. Uh, I don't think he was racing. I think he was just doing like time trials or whatever. And um, unfortunately, there is a VR mode, but unfortunately, like, you're literally just standing on the side of the track, and you can, like, look around as the car goes by, Wave. and then when the car goes by, it, like, moves you to another part of the track where you see the fucking car go by, and it's, like, that's kind of dumb. It's cool, like, but it's dumb. It's, it's, it's a fucking gimmick. It's, they might not, they might, in my opinion, they might as well not even have it in the game. That's interesting. But, like, 
Cause it's it's literally like cause the can you do like, this for example, like in the, VR and look around when you're yeah the, yeah no you can still you can still look around and everything and turn around and stuff. The problem is that like so for example the course that um that uh that played by Ken did for the one thing I don't know if it was like the Nurburgring or something like that it was one of these like tighter courses where there's a lot of trees and you're going around yeah. bends and stuff. Yeah. So like you would it would teleport you to a spot you'd see him go by. Two seconds later, he's out of your line of sight, and it's like, okay, I can fucking look around now, but I'm waiting for it to, for me to transport to the next spot because it's not like instantly as soon as how as soon as he's out of line of sight, now I'm in the next area. Yeah. So like it it just to me it was like kind of a bummer because I was hoping that it would drop me in the fucking cockpit. That's what he was hoping too. Look around, yeah. Because that would be cool as fuck. Because uh, you know, especially because he was he was driving around this like this like vintage open wheel. <laughs> like race car and uh which is pretty neat but yeah i don't know i i mean so it was it was fine yeah all right well real quick other listener feedback jake when we weren't sure whether or not we were going to be able to record this episode you posted a quick 40 second 50 second video just telling the listeners hey it may not be online in time you know but we will get it recorded probably um played by ken did write in right away he said hey no worries guys hopefully i get this power back soon good news uh, play by Ken, here we are. We're doing it. Um, 369 wrote uh, on this Red Dead uh, video I have is like, how come you have a wanted level? I thought they shoot first. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, man. Hopefully you listen to the show. Um, that's an old video I posted, and uh, it's been a while. But play by Ken also wrote back in. He said, nothing wrong. Talking about last week's episode, I thought it was kind of a weak episode. And he said, hey, man, there's nothing wrong with this episode, guys. Some weeks there's just less newsworthy subjects to discuss. Still great that you guys pump out the episodes each week. Thank you for saying that, Play by Ken. It's always our priority to try to do that. And then uh, in joining Play by Ken, One Black Town wrote in and said, Fred stated he thought this, was a, this week wasn't up to par. I thought it had a few very good discuss- discussions. And he said, and to bring up the time change discussion from a couple weeks ago, I would have I would have guessed Fred would want daylight savings time so he could golf later in the day before it gets too dark. <laughs> yeah, Jake too, probably. Um, so good good point. Uh, yes, for certain. Um, yeah, because I think I talked about doing the golf league and stuff. So yeah, um, very much so. So I appreciate the kind words about the last episode. For some reason, I was still not quite over my sickness. I was feeling kind of down and uh, wasn't really feeling the podcast. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it and at least, very least appreciated that we did it. And Jake, I hope that you're not getting what I had because it hung on for weeks and it was absolutely miserable. But that being said, I think we need to get on with the PlayStation news. And the first point I just wanted to bring up because it just seems – it just seems fucking bad shit crazy is the uh i don't know if you saw any of the videos about this but did you see any of the recent unreal engine stuff that they've been showing these tech demos have you seen any of this shit no i haven't i didn't even know they released dude it, it is so wild um the amount of polygons and stuff they do they had this they had this uh uh you know those the thing with um the God, I'm drawing a blank. The motorcycle show you and I both watch, where they travel from one end of the continent to the other. You're talking about like long way around. Yes, and then what the Rivian trucks, right? That they were using. There's a tech demo that uses a Rivian truck, and they got this awesome 3D model from Rivian themselves, and they like render this fucking thing in real time. 
and the amount of polygons is ridiculous and they they show like all of the ins- it's like going through like this jungle and like it's all real time rendered and they they show how they can just on the spot change the paint jobs and the different layers. So the paint job that they they gave it out of nowhere was like this opal paint job, which is like this reflective paint. And they zoom in and you see all the fucking lights, just like the way the lights refracting and reflecting. And then they're like, oh, and this is what it looks like if it's a gloss coat. And they put gloss over it. Oh, this is what it looks like if you put like mud stains on top of the gloss coat and how it affects the way the light reflects if there's mud on the on the outer layer. And they start showing all this mind-bending shit that the Unreal Engine can do, the new one. And it just – it blew my top, dude. And then they also showed this – procedurally this procedural generation system that they came up with that isn't all AI it takes actual user uh, it it takes let's say Jake that like I want to make an open world map right I want to make one but I want to influence the AI to do it and I'm going to do so by drawing all these fucking things like these trees and these rock formations and the grass and this and I'm going to maybe label them certain things so that the, the the generator understands what's what what's ground what's you know what's what what's and then I'm just going to say make a fucking open world using this using this as a reference and then bam it's there and then uh you take it and then you can be like, oh, what if I don't like this formation? You can take it and then you can drag in instances that adapt to the world that was made um, kind of – I want to say artificially, but it wasn't because it was still – the catalyst was still the art from a human. So like they're carefully navigating this AI generation art with human art and like – they take this uh, instance they throw in and it makes these fucking tree branches that turn into bridges. And they're like, oh, but if you want to take a left path and you don't want to be able to go around the right, you can just grab your instance and slide it. And as they're sliding it, it is adapting to the map. It's just like putting these fucking ledges out and doing all this fucking shit. And it's in real time they're building this open world map. And it's absolutely incredible. And you it's know, I'm watching it. I'm watching it right now. It's fucking blowing my mind. It's Absolutely. So, like all of the open worlds that we have had in the past, every asset has had to been placed manually. Unreal Engine now is smart enough to just fucking make these things, and then and then it allows the creators to go in and tweak everything. So instead of placing every fucking post office box in Grand Theft Auto Six or whatever where you want it, and all of San Andreas or whatever, fuck, you just say make a fucking city, boom, city's there. And then it's like, oh, you don't want this here? You can just take it and delete it or slide it and move it. And then, or you can make this road go here. You don't have to have buildings here. You can just grab them and move them. And it's like, it's completely customizable. But they give you the fucking groundwork, the foundation that you can make real quick. And I'm sure it's more difficult than how they are showing off their system. But for any probably seasoned game designer, anyone familiar with Unreal Engine, this is this tool set is going to be absolutely a game changer like just looking at it i'm like this is fucking bonkers and the 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 level of detail and the quality is just like this is fucking next gen shit and then not to mention one other thing that they did is they had um 
uh, Hell, Hellblade 2 and they have a scene where the actress from Hellblade 2 is like, you know, it's her face and it's the cut scene. And it's like, well, here now with Unreal Engine, you can use a fucking cell phone. It can grab your face and, and impose it on the character. And it had like this regular person with like this head mount. And it wasn't the Hellblade person. They do this fucking face. Ah, they're, they're making the thing. And they superimpose it almost immediately over the cutscene from Hellblade. And it was like, if you can fucking grab facial captures that quick, imagine what that means for the gamer if you want a character to look just fucking like you. It's going to be fucking possible. And that is awesome. It's one of the most insane things. They dropped all these all these fucking videos over the weekend or, or I don't know, maybe the end of, end of this past week. And, like, it's definitely worth looking at because this is, like, the future of video games for certain. Um, I don't even understand it. Like, it's crazy. Jake? I... I, I don't even know what to say about this. <laughs> like, like, I... There are very few things tech wise that kind of blow me away in gaming anymore i'm just so jaded by it all like this this stuff has like gotten so good at this point that it's like okay can games really look that much better than they do now i mean when you're playing a third person fucking action game like you're not up and close and personal with people like it's like yeah it could look a little bit better here and there whatever but like does it need to is the games games look pretty good right already um but dude, somehow, somehow, freaking Epic in Unreal Engine is like one of the only things that every time they come out with new technology, it fucking blows my brain out. And like, I don't, I don't understand it. And the thing that I will admit, I do, I am getting a little bit of like, um, you know, maybe this is just me getting crotchety, but there is a little bit of like, uh, kind of wariness with this type of shit. AI shit. Yeah, I agree. Like being able to just, I mean, I think that, you know, the, the creation engine, I don't mean like literally Bethesda's creation engine. I just mean like their ability to create worlds is, is a no brainer. Like use AI to do that. It'll make crafting game spaces so much quicker, allow games to be made so much faster. That's awesome. But like the ability to just, superimpose your fucking face on anyone is just to me like I can't be the only one that feels like we're approaching that era where um where video footage is no longer trustworthy. no longer just be trustworthy you know what I mean because seeing is these, no longer believing we're getting there yeah it's it's fucking insane like like we're getting to that point now especially with everything that's happened just with the internet over the past five years of just misinformation and all this crazy shit that's going on that like we're gonna get to the point where like literally unless if you're talking about let's say a criminal trial literally unless like the jury was there witnessing the crime in real time like how can they ever fucking be sure? That any evidence that is technology based is real or not, like I, it, it's so wild to me. I mean, I'm sure there's there are going to be countermeasures developed with this type of stuff, but like, I. That said, it's really fucking cool. I mean, it is a little scary. I mean, like you figure if we can do it with video, it would be easier with games, 
or with polygons because the, there's actual structure there that can be replaced, right? Like in an actual video where you're looking left and you're looking fucking right and it's just video, it, there's no like – there's no polygons behind it. Um, the fact that we can do deep fakes now so easily on a cell phone, like it's no no surprise that they can do this now with their technology and, and do it spot on. But yeah, it is scary, dude. I agree. It is kind of creepy. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, we can get on to the next news point, but I think that listeners should definitely check out the new Unreal Engine tech demos because they are wild. So next news point is Square Enix dropped a world trailer for Final Fantasy 16. And I got to say, this, and Push Square agrees, this this looks so good. It looks so good. It's just like, I don't think I've seen a Final Fantasy game look this good before. And it might be the way that like it feels or maybe looks like it's a little more over the shoulder, like God of War or something. But like, dude, if it's got the story and it's got the fucking action and it's this is the fucking world built, this is the world, it looks fantastic. Um, this game looks great and I'm really excited about it. I still need to play uh, Intergrade. I haven't played that, but we got a new Final Fantasy coming out. You know, the, the sequel to Intergrade or whatever, Final Fantasy VII 2 or whatever, whatever the hell it's going to be called, it's coming out. And I might just wait a little bit longer to do that. Dude, we're going to run into this problem and we talked about it right before the cusp of the new year. This year is going to be rifled with video games, dude. We're just going to get pe- so many video games just peppered at us, you know, loaded into the buckshot and just shot our way. And like, how many can we catch and actually play? How many are going to speed past us? How many BBs? I have no idea, man. But it already it already has started to happen with VR. I didn't play Call of the Mountain. Uh, I want to still try Pavlov. I want to still play Demio. Haven't gotten to those. I'm still trying to beat Moss. And Resident Evil 4 just came out. I didn't do the Dead Space remake yet. It's just like, dude, and and now we're talking about, uh, you know, the new Final Fantasy 16. And it's just like, I, Octopath Traveler 2, didn't get to it. Like, it's, this just, this year's gonna just go right past us with the game releases, man. But this game is on my list. Jake, Final Fantasy 16, interested? Looks good, man. I mean, the trailer's pretty great i mean it looks at least just the trailer is basically just someone walking around the world or whatever which is which is neat it gives you kind of an interesting idea of what you'll be seeing beat to beat but um it's pretty i have to see a little bit more in terms of like how the combat works in the game Mm -hmm. it looks the trailer the the last trailer the last major trailer that we got which was like the combat trailer Everything seemed just super chaotic, so I'm not yeah. – and it seems like summon-based, which is kind of weird. Um, but like I don't know. I could definitely see myself playing this game for sure. I just need <laughs> – I, I need to see a little bit more. I wish we had a nickel for every time we're like, dude, I want to play – yeah, I'll probably play this one. And then like we just never do <laughs> just because there's too many of them. Like I think most games inherently look pretty decent to me. Like I would like to try them all. Um, well, if more games came out like – fucking uh calypso protocol where they're you know only eight to ten hour experiences i could play a lot more of them but when you give me these fucking games that are 40 or 50 hours long 
I can only you know, do one at a time. No, it's it's really irritating. I know it is. It's a, it's a it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. Um, all right, let's move on to the next news point. As you guys are well aware, Resident Evil Four Remake has come out, and uh, Capcom has delivered a promise to fix an issue on the PS5, which is causing part of the screen to flicker, like flickering lights while you're playing the game. Um, if you purchase the game, in the meantime, they, the, the developer, Capcom, indicates that you can try to restart the game. You can change the depth of field to off, and you should be setting the motion blur in the camera settings to off. And there was also a note by Capcom indicating they intend to fix the rain effects also. Apparently, I don't know if they've done this yet or not, but in one of the videos of somebody playing the the game, the rain was just like... It looks awesome in like a still frame where you take a picture of it. I'm like, why would they want to cancel? It looks so fucking dramatic. But like when it's happening in real time and you're playing the game, it, it's just like these fucking lines everywhere. And it's just – it looks kind of ridiculous. But they, they said they were going to correct that because I, I think the, there was some negative feedback on the rain effects. I kind of like the way it looked to be honest in the still frame and I probably could live with it in the game. But um, if I'm being honest, I, I think that uh, – it sucks that there's issues with the PS5 version right now with the flickering lights and whatnot. So hopefully they get that fixed soon. Jake, did you get this game or no? Uh, no, I, I didn't get it. I think it looks good. I would definitely be interested in playing it, but I got to see... Dude, I, I, like I said, I put last week, I played the demo and it seems seems great yeah i would definitely be interested in playing it again i just gotta see where i'm at with fucking hogwarts i gotta get through that game yeah i need i need to yeah dude i i need to fucking just get into some of these games some of these rpgs i'm just i just don't want to dump the time into them next news point the um sorry here <clears throat> had a moment of pause trying to figure out where we were on the timestamp. um five more Free cars are coming to Gran Turismo 7. And based on the weird shadowy graphic released by Polyphony um, is a teaser. Uh, gearheads have pretty much figured that we're getting a Toyota Alphard, uh, a Mazda 3, an Audi RS5 DTM, and a couple Porsches for free. So more cars to rip around in VR or maybe play by Ken. This might give you reason to reinstall the game. I doubt it. Um, he said he did delete it eventually because he was kind of over it. But uh, I don't know, man. It, not, hey, you know, when you got to pay $200 out of pocket to buy a car in this game, it's nice that they're going to give us five free ones. So um, mm. thanks to them for that, I suppose. I don't know. Jake, any interest in racing around in a Porsche? Uh, I mean, I have been. In real life. But... I mean, but I mean in the game. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I forgot <laughs> That my Porsche is a real life Porsche. Um, yeah, I I don't know. This is cool. It's always cool that they're releasing cars for free or whatever. Yeah, we'll take them. Um, but I don't have a lot to say about it. Yeah, that's fine. Just because we were talking about it a lot on the show, I thought I'd bring it up and we can keep talking about it. Next news point. The PS5, in the first time ever, has, has been uh, reduced in price recently on Amazon. Um, so uh, the God of War bundle is selling for $509, which is still $500 for a PS5 and $9 for God of War, right? That's the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. So anyways, just so you guys know, because I think that game is being offered on PS Plus 
for one of the premiums or whatever. Isn't isn't Ragnarok or whatever fucking game it no. is? Is it the old God of no. War? The old God of War for sure, and um, the the it's the new. Oh, it's Horizon. Horizon game. Yeah, sorry, not yeah. God of War. So, but interesting enough, it it was on sale, and it's the first time I think in history that the PS5 has been reduced. Um, but again, it's the bundle only, so uh, it doesn't really help a lot of us. But it's there in case you're interested. Um, the next news point I think is is very relevant to what's going on in the gaming world, and I think it's kind of exciting. Um, I can't even pronounce this name. It's my my Hoyo Mihoyo, uh, the developer of Genshin Impact, has a new turn based fantasy RPG titled Honkai Star Rail which is releasing on PS5 and PS4 down the road. It's going to be released initially as an iOS Android game, much like Genshin Impact was, but it will be coming to PS5, PS4. This is a huge deal. Genshin is one of the most well-supported games as a service, I would say, uh, right now with a huge following and fan base. Is it, is it a gotcha game? I don't know what the fuck it is, but... People love it, and I and I'm speaking through the litmus test of my brother, who is always dialed into this game, and he's he seems to be in. And I know if you've got got him, you've got a lot of other people. So um, people who play it really seem to enjoy it. So them coming out with yet another title uh, that seems to be following the same path that Genshin Impact followed. Um, the main difference is, is I think this is this is a space fantasy, whereas Genshin Impact is a little more like RPG fantasy, like I don't even know if it's that medievalish kind of vibe, you know. Um, not it's more of like a Breath of the Wild. I don't know, but it's not space, right? So, uh, is, are they making a game that's going to compete with its with Genshin? I don't I don't know. They're going to pull mm-hmm. Genshin Impact. Do they already have their audience with Genshin Impact? Is the question? Is the audience for Honkai Star Rail? going to be the exact same audience that likes Genshin Impact and if it is are they are the, is this audience going to now split their time between both games or is this game going to appeal to new players I don't know Jake Yeah I don't I don't know to be honest with you I um did they say what it's called it's going to be a turn-based space fantasy RPG Yeah I think the fact that it's oh I I did see this the Honkai Star Rail thing Yeah um I don't think this 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 will. I I don't believe that this is going to cannibalize Genshin Impact entirely, just because they're. It seems like they're kind of different genres. E- even if even if the you know, I mean, it's a space fantasy as opposed to like a fantasy fantasy, high fantasy or whatever you want to call it, Japanese high fantasy, which is Genshin Impact. But the fact that it's turn based means that the gameplay is going to be completely, or at least. The combat, anyway, will be completely different from Genshin Impact. So and there are a lot of players that that just doesn't appeal to. Most, I think, a lot of players that play Genshin Impact, they like to just kind of run around and do their thing. They may or may not want the uh, the turn based kind of aspect. So yeah, we'll see. Well, very good. I, that, that's that's some uh, obs- observant uh, input from you. I didn't realize the difference there, but I do know that Genshin is not turn based. So. Yeah, maybe that is the big difference. Maybe that maybe they'll just rope in the rest of the gamers who like fucking open world games by doing the whatever it is. Let's go to the next news point. Next news point is this is a game I didn't realize existed or is going to soon be existing. Fort Solace. 
It looks like a game very much like Deliver Us the Moon. Um, I think we're starting to see a trend in sci-fi space games. We have No Man's Sky. We had uh, the one you just said that was 8 or 9, Callisto Protocol. We got the freaking uh, Dead Space remake. Um, we've got an Aliens game coming out soon I'm going to talk about. Uh, Fort Solus, we had Deliver Us the Mar- Deliver Us Mars, which was the sequel to Deliver Us the Moon. Um, we're getting a lot of space games now, and it makes me wonder if that was like the trend from like two or three years ago. Like everyone's like, let's make space games. But we're getting more space games, and I would even venture to say Horizon is kind of turning into a space game. Um, but uh, this game, Fort Solus, looks kind of cool. Um, it's being developed by Fallen Leaf, has a Q3 2023 release date, and will be coming to PS5 this summer. The trailer looks cool, like I said. The game's going to be published by publisher Dear Villagers. I just wanted to bring it to the listener's attention, and maybe your attention, Jake. It looks cool. I don't know. They didn't show any action or anything. Um, but it's like one of those things where it's like, go find out what happened in the space station, and you're like this lone survivor. And you're, I don't know if it's survival horror. I don't know if it's, you know, I couldn't tell you if it's like Soma or it's third person. Um, but we're seeing a lot of these, and I bet you we're seeing these because space is just inherently more interesting than just like, you know, it, it, it's it's a good catalyst for this kind of plot. You know, it just leaves a lot of opportunity. I, I love space games. I, I they're one of those genres that I don't hardly ever get tired of. Yeah, um, and we don't have enough of them. But but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know what this game is. The visuals seem very cool. Like it, yeah. I'm interested in concept, but is this just a a, a a walking simulator, so to speak, or is it? Is there some kind of action to it? It looks like it's third person, but like, is there combat? Is there not combat? Is it a puzzle game? Like, I have no idea, right? So, yeah. am I going to be just be reading fucking notes the whole time? I, I don't know. So, how long is we'll it? We'll have to see right. more. Yeah, yeah, it looks interesting, but I didn't know this was a thing. So, mm-hmm. this is a thing. It's coming to PS5 this summer. Fort Solace. Moving forward, we talked last episode about the passing of Lance Reddick. And uh, he was, of course, the voice actor for Silence in Horizon. And uh, the upcoming Horizon DLC, Burning Shores, is coming right around the bend. It's scheduled for an April release. Pre-orders are currently live on the PSN. You can order it for a surprisingly affordable $19.99 US or $15.99 in euros. And uh, you can enjoy this expansion. Though, the developers come out and they said, in order to play this, you must have played and beaten Horizon Forbidden West. So you can't just own the game. You must have completed the storyline because... Well, first of all, it's an odd decision, but because the DLC picks up right where Forbidden West ends and Aloy receives a call from Silence, which is exactly what I want. I want to I want to see what the fuck happens. So Lance Reddick will exist in Horizon Burning Shores, um, I think, as an ode to him and as a token of appreciation. I'll probably pick it up. I want to know what happens anyways. And it sounds like it's yeah. going to be very story-driven uh, DLC, which is right up my alley. So it might be tough to jump back into the world of Horizon. The game's really tough to play, uh, but hopefully, maybe there's not a lot of maybe there's not a lot of uh, action. Maybe it's more story. I don't know. We'll see. Jake, do you like the sounds like, of this? I do. Yeah, I, I the fact that it picks up right where the story left off. Honestly, to me, that's 
more reason for me to buy it. <laughs> like I like, it, especially if it especially if it has some sort of tie in to the next game. Yeah. Like I I I don't think that they're going to make it so that like you're going to be completely lost if you didn't play this DLC. Right. Right. But like I think that it's important to have it matter. Because if it's just like a new area and it's like, oh, there's some stuff going on, it's like, okay, well, if it doesn't like appeal to my the like like the story that if it doesn't tie into the story that I'm already attached to, I don't know. Like, I'm more likely to shrug it off if it's something that isn't directly tied to the main arc. Sure. So, I am interested, especially you know, with everything that happened. With Lance and everything, it does seem like a. It does seem like something I might be interested in trying out. And I've talked on the podcast before about how I'm not huge on DLC. It mm-hmm. always comes out way late. I'm always over the game and stuff like that. But Horizon is one of those games I could jump back into as long as this isn't like a fucking forty hour DLC or something. like not that. Not for twenty bucks. There's no way, right? It's yeah. probably like one so, or two more areas or something. Yeah, if it's like if it's like a five to ten hour expansion or something like that, perfect. I'm I'm all in. I could play that. Yeah, I'm with you. So let's hope. Let's here's to hoping that that's what that is. Um, the next news point, and I don't know uh, the nerd level of our listeners, but I'm kind of nerdy. I do a lot of nerd shit, and uh, for those who don't know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles actually got its start in comics. And the comics for Teenage Mutant, Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were really brutal and violent. And I don't know if a lot of people know this. But there's been some information that there is a new TMNT game in the works inspired by the the brutality of God of War. And apparently we don't know who the studio is yet that's going to be making this. And it's definitely a few years out. But I want to bring it up now so you can say, oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that. We're not breaking news, but this was a news point on Push Square. And the plot for this game will be akin to the graphic novel, the Ninja novel called The Last Ronin, which you can read at your own leisure, but um, the game is going to be AAA, and the story of The Last Ronin is essentially the only one of the four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is, is remaining. The other three have been murdered by the Foot Clan. So this is going to be a super more gritty, realistic, dark version of the TMN, of TMNT that we don't get in most media. So this actually to me sounds really fucking cool. So I don't know if you've ever read it. I haven't. But from what I understand, The Last Ronin is like one of the best TMNT a- adaptations. Just, That's what I've heard. Just bar none. Yeah, no, I have not read it's it. So, it's so like heavy and brutal and well-written and like um, just heartfelt and it's not like the uh um, Cowabunga dude Cowabunga pizza time yeah party it's April like, <laughs> Yeah so um I am definitely interested in what this looks like in a video game and I don't know who's going to make it and hopefully it's hopefully this isn't being shoveled off onto some fucking third rate studio it's Naughty no, Dog no offense. Dude. Naughty Dog's next but, game like, is the last run in That would be so funny if Naughty Dog that was their next game was the freaking last Ronin that would be so cool actually I, I think that would be Master awesome Splinter. yeah they just Naughty Dog the shit out of a fucking TMNT game that would be like, so you're that just would be so the main funny. character and you're trying to avenge your, bro- your, your brother's deaths yeah it'd be fucking awesome actually 
just this gritty fucking in the nighttime in the in the city with the lightning striking and the rain coming down and the Foot Clan soldiers and maybe fucking Casey Jones may or may not show up and so, kick ass. So, when you looked at this, looked up this news point, like was there anything indicating where this information came from? Uh, I can tell you in a second. I I don't remember actually because even. Even if we don't It came know. from Push Square. I know that much, but I don't know where they got it, right? So let me just do a quick – I can I guarantee I can find it real quick because um, I know what I did to pull points for the news. It, it is a great question. And uh, hold on one second. Usually I put links. Oh, okay. So did you find it? An interview with Doug Rosen, Senior Vice President for Games at Emerging Media – at Paramount Global. There you go. Um, so, I'm. It sounds so like it's going to happen. Involved is being kept. Well, I'm reading this off of IGN. So, mm. but I think Polygon is the one that broke the news originally. So it says while the developer involved is still being kept under wraps, Rosen indicated the goal is to create a AAA action title that draws heavily from the comic book source material. So. That's uh, pretty pretty interesting. I don't really have a whole lot of faith in anything that Paramount does, but um, hopefully they pick a worthwhile studio yeah. to do and, this, and they actually take some advice from somebody in the industry who's successful and not just try to do it themselves. And they actually execute and make the game. I mean, we're so far in uh, before this even probably a studio even probably even being aside. They're probably working on scripts or ideas or whatever, but. I think it opens a nice dialogue for is this the kind of game we would like to see Ninja Turtles have? And I, I think, yeah, I mean, every single Ninja Turtle games that, game that we have ever had has been kind of campy like the cartoon, right? Like this would be super cool to have something uh, pay homage to the comics or like the gritty nature of the source material. And I think it could make a really fun game. I mean, why not? You know, fucking give us something different. This would be cool if, if it's good. I don't know. That's where I'm at. Lastly. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Lastly, uh, two new games that are coming out soon. I just don't want the listeners to forget about. And uh, the first one is Gollum, which is coming out in May. It got a new trailer. It actually looks really story driven and actually looking better every time I see a new trailer for it. And the other game is Aliens Dark Descent, which is coming in June 20th. It has a release date. And for anybody into turn-based games like XCOM, this might be one to watch. It's being published by Focus Entertainment, developed by Tindalos Interactive, and it looks awesome. It looks like XCOM, but Aliens. So if you're into that franchise or you think that it would be, you know, you're itching for your XCOM fix because Firaxis isn't working on XCOM right now, um... This might be the way to get that. You know, we didn't get that other XCOM game that I wanted so bad. Uh, some squad. I forget what it was called. Some Chimera Squad. Chimera Squad. Never got it in console. We got it the PC, but I couldn't play it. So, yeah, man. Uh, this might be my. This might be my. My my drug. My drug of choice. For. I don't know turn based games like that. It does seem pretty interesting for sure. It looks good. It looks cool. I don't know if it'll be actually good, but it looks cool. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, Jake, not to keep you any longer, 
with all this power shit going on, I had a uh, phone call from my boss while we were recording. Wants me to give give her a call. So I got to wrap up this podcast, give her a buzz, and see what's going on. Because I probably have to re- reach out to people in my office that I bo- that I get to boss around, quote unquote, um, supervise. So let's get into new games real quick. It is one twenty seven twenty five. Um. New games coming out or that have already come out. We're getting MLB The Show 2023 on March 28th. On March 29th, we're getting Pirates Outlaws, Run Bean Galactic. And on March 30th, we're getting Dredge, Lunark, Saga of Sins, and The Last Worker. On March 31st, we're getting Blade Assault, Citizen Sleeper, Hot Wheels Rift Rally, which is probably awesome, and Shukuchi Ninja. I was at Dollar Tree recently um, on a break at work. Uh, we're not far from like a Dollar Tree. And I waltzed in. And sometimes I go to get a water. Or I go just to kind of see what kind of garbage they have in the toy aisle. And they had a ton of Hot Wheels cars. And they were just a buck a piece. And I'm just looking at them like, these are so fucking cool. And it made me remember how good Hot Wheels Unleashed was. And, uh, Man, that was a good game. I didn't play a lot of it, but I really liked it. It was one of the PS Plus offerings. Anyways, it's a sidebar. Hot Wheels Rift Rally, I bet you it's going to be cool. If it's anything like Hot Wheels Unleashed, I don't know who's making it, but if it's anything like it, it's probably going to be fun. Jake, any of those games uh, strike a nerve with you? Um, Dredge is also the name of a band, which has a pretty cool album, LCLO. Um, but other than that... Uh, I don't really have I, – I, MLB The Show is huge, obviously. I'm not really a baseball fan, so that doesn't really do anything for me. But um, yeah, I don't know. The rest of it – we talk about this every week, how all these games just kind of bleed together. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it um, – I don't know. I don't really have anything too much to say about it, I guess. Fair enough. Well, that's it. Episode 269 of PS This Is Awesome. I am thankful. Jake is thankful for you tuning in. And uh, as always, we try to do this every week. We apologize to the patrons that you didn't get the episode a day early. We don't put that as a promise when you sign up, but we do try to make it happen when we can. Everybody's safe on our end. Thank you for checking in with us. Thanks for uh, being patient with us. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we've enjoyed recording it. And Jake, I hope you feel better, man. I hope you don't get what I have. And uh, make sure to take your vitamins and drink your water and – if you need to, take a day off work, man. Don't work so hard, you know? But, uh, <laughs> like you have a choice. But I would love to. Yeah, but I don't know. That's all I've got. Thanks for tuning in. I'm going to beat Moss before you hear from me again, and I probably am going to dive into some other game. I don't know what that game's going to be. But it definitely won't be Mass Effect 3, and it probably isn't going to be Diablo 4. So I will dive into something. Um. And that's all I have. Jake, do you have anything you'd like to say before we exit the show for the day? Um, so any for any motorcycle racing fans out there, the MotoGP season started this weekend, which is awesome. Um, they introduced a new sprint format, so they have a sprint race on Saturday and a GP race on Sunday rather than just one race every weekend, and it's already gotten fucking bananas. Um, so that's cool. The other thing is that I found out this week that the uh, 
the artist T-Pain released a covers album. Did you see this? No. It's called it's called uh, Over the Covers, I think is what it's called, and it's like a the it's like the cover is like a painting of him like laying on the couch or something yeah, like right. that. But like but it's it's this covers album. He he did like a cover of War Pigs. That's <laughs> fucking awesome. He did a cover of That's Life, the song that was like made famous by Frank Sinatra. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. He did a cover of Don't Stop Believing. That's fucking awesome. Dude, this album is so good. I'm not even like a T-Pain fan, but I'm like listening to this shit. I'm like, this is really good. Yeah. So um, if you guys want something to uh, kind of – shine some light on your day go listen to the t-pain cover of war pigs that's fucking awesome <laughs> that's awesome was rick rubin involved at all in this do you know i have no idea to be honest with you he's such a creative mind i i, I could see him in the backfield orchestrating this album with it's just we think about when we think about t-pain we think of like auto-tune, auto-tune and all this like shit yeah, right but, but like he's actually belting out all these songs and he sounds fucking good man that's awesome Cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. into it. No, he's talented, man. There's so many. There's so many talented, and then we'll and then we'll sign off for real. But there's so many talented musicians that are gobbled up by what's cool and what's hip and what sells. And I I know that you know a lot of people aren't like into Bruno Mars in my circle of friends, but I swear to God, the guy is musically a genius the guy can dance he uh he writes a lot of music and he writes a lot of hits for people and uh he used to write i think he was in like a doo-wop or a jazz group or something he's a fucking fantastic drummer if you don't believe me watch the super bowl halftime show that bruno mars was on on youtube and watch him do a drum solo it's absolutely unbelievable he drums better than probably 90 percent of the drummers i've seen in real life and i've been playing shows for 20 plus years and you would never know that bruno mars was that talented on drums and you would never know how great he is at songwriting because all we are exposed to is like his fucking like pop shit that he does um which honestly is catchy as fuck, but it's it's not everybody's wheelhouse. So it doesn't surprise me that T-Pain is awesome. And, uh, you know, he's just gobbled up by what sells and what the society wants and what the demand is. So it's cool that he broke off and did something he wanted to do. Props to T-Pain. That's awesome. Yep. All right. Well, shit, that's it for the end of the show. And thanks for tuning in. I already said that. So like Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, Warhammer 40 Space, 40K Space Marines 2, and we are OFK. P.S. This is awesome. awesome.